Welcome to the Wild Wellness with Jess podcast. In being a coach and wellness coach since 2017, I've become really passionate about a common underlying thread in all of what we identify and feel pain over as these quote-unquote problems in our lives. And that's how disconnected we've become from the wisdom of nature and the wisdom of our intuition. This podcast is a place for people who feel stuck, unfulfilled, lonely, ashamed, and exhausted. And I actually want to celebrate that with you. Why? Because these unpleasant feelings are really good signs that you're hearing the voice of your intuition. Our inner knowing communicates with us through these emotions, but because we've been taught to ignore and suppress our emotions, we just pursue the next hit of distraction or our soothing or coping mechanism of choice only to find that we still can't shake it. Well, we're not meant to shake it because these feelings aren't the problem. They are actually pointing us to the solution. The first step to knowing what we do want is knowing what we don't want. We all tend to focus on some presenting problem. Maybe it's your health, your weight, your finances, your relationships, but really this is just the outer layer manifestation of the underlying issue, which is that we're submitting our inner knowing, our intuition, our internal authority to some outer external authority. Maybe it's the diet police or diet culture, the voice of our doctor, our boss at work, the voice of our parents or our partner, maybe a spiritual or religious authority, our teachers and mentors, maybe a societal construct like the American dream or patriarchy telling us what makes a good man or a good woman, a good parent, a good person. I've done this countless times in my life. I've done the people-pleasing, the approval-seeking, the workaholism, the chasing of the next goal, the delaying just a little longer of my own dreams, making others' dreams come true, using all of my gifts, talents, and time to accomplish someone else's mission instead of my own. I know you have too, and I'm on a mission to change that, to walk out of these cages and these prisons together. I want to help you rewild. Wild Wellness is about coming home to the wisdom of nature and your intuition to create a life you actually like. I'm not talking about leaving everything and living off the grid, though I'm not knocking that. Rewilding really starts with a change in perspective. Join me on this podcast as I walk you through the same framework that I do with my coaching clients. Number one, awareness. Number two, compassion. Number three, releasing. And number four, receiving. Awareness is not just about self-awareness, though it certainly includes it. I find that most people I talk to, though, already have a healthy dose of self-awareness. Many of us have been to therapy and are well aware of our own issues, our childhood traumas, etc. And this is a really good thing that these topics are not as taboo anymore as they used to be, and we're actually trying to work on these things. But awareness of our individual stories isn't enough. And when it's the only thing that we focus on, we often still stay stuck in blame and shame. I am all for self-empowerment, but we cannot actually meet all of our needs by ourselves. We are meant to be interdependent with other people. And awareness needs to include awareness of our personal environment context and also sociocultural awareness and systems awareness. So just as an example, those of us who struggle with weight and body image. We might have some awareness of our disordered relationship with food and how we use food to self-soothe and our emotional eating, etc. An awareness of our personal environment context would involve awareness of the stressors in our lives that drive us to this behavior 
and also awareness of other unmet needs in our lives that drive us to use food as a substitute. It would also involve our personal environment history, maybe how and when we started emotional eating. And for many of us, this started in our child or teen years. A sociocultural awareness would include where you learned to do this, the modeling that you witnessed, where you learned the standards and the rules for your body and your eating, how you never learned other ways to regulate your nervous system and your emotions. This may include explicit or implicit messages from your family, but also from the culture you grew up in, what you saw in magazines, watched on TV, learned in health class, etc. A systems awareness would be to look at the broader broken system of food in our country and how and why the government and even medical professionals have been misinformed and who stands to benefit by this misinformation continuing. Who stands to benefit from diet culture as well? There's a lot of money to be made on you thinking that you're the problem. When we realize the impact of these outer influences, these larger contexts, we can see how reductionist and inaccurate it is to simply blame and shame ourselves and our personal character defects or weaknesses for our weight problem. Well, we can apply these broader levels of awareness to any problem. When we look to nature as our model for wisdom, we can see the interconnectedness of all things. But our conditioning and the stories that our culture props up as the success of the lone wolf, the underdog, the individual hero's journey, really promotes this idea that the solution is always only ever to reach some kind of breaking point, own up to what a terrible or selfish or weak or fearful person we've been, and finally change our personal behavior by putting in lots of hard work and making amends, and then I will have earned the right to live happily ever after. What if we don't have to follow that script? What if we can actually listen to the whispers and even just the current volume of pain in our lives right now, instead of waiting until it's literally unbearable? Because guess what? I really believe that for most of us, it probably won't ever even reach that point. Maybe the breaking point people are actually the lucky ones because most people actually live lives of quiet desperation. And then they're filled with regrets on their deathbeds when it's too late. What if our current unpleasant emotions are actually our helpers and our guides, mirrors for where we are out of alignment and maps for how to come home? What if our discontent is holy and sacred? What if our presenting problems are actually our allies and the solution is actually not a prescription that's more painful and difficult and punishing and restricting and depriving like we fear, but the solution is more nourishment. What if it's not us that's the problem, but the environment and the systems? What if our inner voice isn't simply dismissed as the inner critic that needs to be drowned out, but our inner voice is the wisdom that needs to be allowed to actually lead? Most of us aren't actually disgusted with our bodies or our relationships or any kind of outer lack at all, but we're disgusted with our lack of self-trust. It's not supposed to be that way. And we think we lack self-trust because our behavior doesn't line up with our values, right? Like we created the lack of self-trust. No, we've been taught not to trust ourselves. And that's why the behavior isn't matching our values. Our behavior is actually matching the values of the context or the system that benefits from it. When we can gain these kinds of awareness, we can move into compassion. True self-compassion 
but also compassion for others who may have played the role of villains in our stories, but are actually just as much victims of these larger contexts and systems. Compassion allows us to stop relying on these finite motivations of fear and force and shame and move into the only infinite motivation of love. When we can release our attachment to the outer constructs that we believe are creating our sense of safety, that we believe we're dependent upon for our love and belonging, even our sense of self-worth and purpose, and we can connect with the truth of our inner knowing, that we are the true creators of all of these things. When we can release our grip, then we can actually have open hands to receive the life that we truly want, a life we truly like, a life that values pleasure instead of productivity. We worship productivity, but it's really just about your usefulness to the system. Coming back to awareness, I'm passionate about helping you gain awareness of your intuition, your strengths, your values, your truly good desires, and your power to decide, to act, to create. I'm passionate about entrepreneurship as a way to rewild, because to me, entrepreneurship is about being the creator and the author of your story. It's about choosing to forego the dominant system and take your own wild path that's actually limitless. But I don't believe everyone needs to be an entrepreneur in the traditional sense, meaning you choose not to be a W-2 employee, but I believe taking on an entrepreneur mindset, even when you work with a company, this is called being an entrepreneur, that when you choose to do this, it's because that company aligns with your personal mission and values, and it expands your ability to fulfill your calling. I believe that's totally possible. And to me, that's rewilding. It's still interacting with the culture and the system, but it's changing the script. I believe in all of us receiving abundance in exchange for our spiritual gifts. Again, whether that looks like you starting your own business or working with another and receiving abundance means so much more than just money. It's really funny how we work so hard to just take one trip a year where we rest and connect with nature. We can have that right now, but we tell ourselves that we have to earn it. Abundance is actually all around us. Nature is proof of that. Abundance is a frequency and we are all like a radio. We just have to tune into it by aligning our dial with that station. I believe we reconnect and we rewild by coming home to nature and aligning with her rhythms. And we also come home to our intuition, our inner knowing. For some of us, this might involve our faith or a spiritual practice, or some of us might call it expanding our consciousness, and I'm here for all of it. I know you've been with me for a while, and I used to market myself primarily as a keto coach and a weight loss coach. But in the last year, I've had some huge shifts personally in my mental and spiritual and physical health and my wellness journey, specifically catalyzed by psychedelic plant medicine. And I became enchanted with the wisdom of nature and realigning myself with it. Nutrition will forever be important to me, and we'll still talk about that here, because it's undeniable how much of a difference it makes in how we feel. Uh, it's one of the most basic forms of self-care and one that we really receive so many bullshit wounds surrounding. And yes, I still do eat keto, but I've become a lot more passionate, not just about ancestral eating and health, but in ancestral wisdom in general. In the same way that our physical and mental health has become so screwed up by the overabundance of carbs and processed foods and seed oils, this is only just one example of how damaging it is to divorce ourselves from the wisdom of nature. This principle expands to so many other things. Our disconnection from the light of the sun and the moon, from touching our skin to the earth and the water, 
from consuming local and seasonal foods, from the love and belonging of a tribe and community, from honoring how our energy and priorities in life are meant to shift with the seasons of the year, and more. Changing my business name and podcast name to Wild Wellness with Jess feels like a giant permission slip from myself to myself to talk about anything that involves rewilding and to offer wellness not as a thing to strive ahead for, but to come home to. Not as a thing to learn or to add or to have, but as what you need to unlearn and remove to have again. And it's a permission slip to myself and to you to be abundant and authentic in all of who you are, to grow and to change, to evolve and to pivot as many times as you want. Because if you can't be abundant in all of who you are, what you're putting out into the world as your true and full expression, then you can't receive abundance back. Conventional wisdom would have you believe the opposite. It's the lie that you have to present yourself only as what they want and they need. Who are they anyway? (laughs) What's in demand or what's guaranteed to be valuable in order to get back enough to survive? And I feel that. I actually delayed changing my podcast name because the majority of my clients find me through my podcast. And the name self-care keto is a lot more SEO friendly. People usually tell me that they just typed the word keto into their podcast player and it came right up. And I'm 150 episodes in, three years in, more than three years. And I'm, I'm so proud that it got to that point. But I am more proud of alignment. And I know that if I limit myself in what I send out, I limit myself in what I can get back. And that's true for you too. And not just if you have a business or a podcast or your social media or whatever, but are you showing up in your full self at work, in your relationships, in, in your parenting, your health, your opportunities, your spirituality? Now, I know probably some people are thinking, but how do you show up as your full self when it feels unsafe to do that? And I feel that too. Uh, What I can say is baby steps (laughs) and attend to your nervous system. Repeat. (laughs) Uh, I'm doing it with you. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you for being with me in my story and my evolution. And I want to be with you in yours. You can learn more about ways to work with me on my website, jess-read.com, and the link is in the show notes. And I will be back with you all next week for another episode of Wild Wellness with Jess.